Oh, I just saw some people like squimmer a little bit in their seat and get a little nervous. Amen. It's going to be good, though. It's going to be good, okay? So how many know we cannot live without relationships? We, have rela- we are in relationships. Some people would like to live their life without relationships. I, I know people who, if they had their way, they would have their own planet. They would be apart from everybody, and that's just the way they would like it, but that's not the way God made it, okay? So relationships from our relationship to God to our relationships with our spouse if we're married, to our relationship with friends, to our relationship with our enemies, to our relationship with church people, to our relationship at, jo- at the job, right? Relationships everywhere. And so we're going to talk about that this morning, and I'm going to do a little illustration that I think is going to help you. Let's look at my garden that I made, first of all. I want you to, I want you to check out my garden. I've worked hard on this this week, okay? Can everybody see my garden up here? My relationship garden. I probably could have put a little bit higher, but that would have been more work. So I decided to do it right there, okay? I mean, I got this thing looking nice. Look, I even have lights. You see lights? Real lights. Solar lights, okay? Beautiful flowers. I don't know what they're called because that's not my thing, but there's pink and maroon and yellow and something that looks like cabbage if we're hungry, amen? But this is the picture of what a healthy relationship looks like. Okay, relationships should be flourishing, as it says there, growing. Our relationship with God should be growing. Our relationship with each other should be growing. Our relationship with our spouse should be growing. Our relationship with our friends should be growing, right? Every, a relationship that's healthy is growing. How many know something's healthy? It's growing. Amen. Amen. And so this is a picture that I want you to see of a healthy relationship. And, and this is going to kind of be a visual for you to understand what we're going to talk about this morning. And I hope by the time you leave... It'll bless you. It'll teach you something. It'll help you picture. Um, again, I, I want to make this clear. I know we're coming off of Valentine's, okay? Valentine's. Saw some heads go down. And men, if you missed out on your opportunity, um, this is a, it's kind of like a birthday. You know, it's like you don't have to be reminded to do something good. So it was a day you could have, like, gave him some flowers or gave your wife some um, chocolate or, or left her a note. Notes don't cost anything, by the way. Right. I, thank you for the, was that, who just, you said that, right? Okay, I thought, I thought, I thought she said it. I'm like, shit. Where's the women at? Right? A note don't cost nothing, right? Um, I mean, you can, if you don't have any money, go by the cemetery. Take some, some, some just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Never, never do that. That's ridiculous. Just kidding. I have heard people do that, though, okay? You better make sure you show the receipt when you get your flowers for your wife. But it was a good opportunity, and maybe you're saying, I'm that guy that doesn't need Valentine's Day because I give her flowers all the time. Well, you should have given her something in the last month, okay? All right? Guys, help me out here. Come on. Healthy relationship. So if you're not doing that, guys, start doing that. Start doing that. And if you say, well, how come you're talking to the guys? Because I'm a guy. So I can't talk to the girls because I can't tell you what to do. I just know what I'm supposed to do, okay? So you work on that. And you're looking at your relationship and you're saying, man, I want my, let me ask you this. How many want to have relationships that are growing? Healthy, good, pure, right, okay? And again, I want to make this, I want to make this clear. This is not a marriage message. This is, I I did use Valentine's because it just happened, but this is a message for relationships, period, at your job, with your friends, 
Yes, any relation with your family, with your parents, with your children, any relationship you have, this, this is God's picture of what he wants our relationships to look like. And I put this together on Thursday night. Now, I'm not a person with the green thumb for sure. I can tell you that right now. If I was to leave this here until next Sunday, it probably wouldn't look like that, okay? Because I don't know anything about gardening, okay? I bought that at Home Depot, and it was already pretty. And matter of fact, I chose the nicest ones and left the ones that, that were not nice. And it looks good today, and it's kind of cosmetic and pretty, but I can't promise you it's going to look like that next week because I would have to water it, and I would have to take care of it, and I would have to actually take them out of the pots and put it in the soil, and I'd have to do all kinds of stuff I don't know how to do. But that's kind of how we are in relationships sometimes. We don't know how to do it sometimes, so we kind of mess relationships up. Can you say amen? Because we try to do it on our way. So God's got a plan. Let's look at Romans 14. I want to look at a verse here to get us started. Romans 14, verse 19. This is a simple one. It says, Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Okay, so again, looking at our relationship here and looking at what God wants for our relationship, we have to make, pursue a relationship with peace. And it says we have to do things by which one may edify another. So we have to be thinking about how we can lift each other up. We have to be thinking about how we can edify each other. And we have to think about how we can complement each other and how we can work on this relationship. And so, like, I've got a visual of how I can make this relationship, because it doesn't matter if it's my wife's or friends. This is general, right? I can make this relationship better because I like water and I like fountains. So I'm going to make my garden even prettier. I have a little fountain here. Watch this. Boom. Hear it? See it? So I like my relationship, and it's growing, and it's going good. So I'm going to try to add to it. Like the garden's pretty by itself, but now I'm going over the top, and I'm going to add a little water fountain to it. Can you guys hear that? Right? We get all, everybody's like, put some soft music on, we'd be gone. So I'm going to add this to my garden because I'm trying to work on my relationship. I'm trying to edify my relationship. Here's the problem. There's always an enemy to anything good. There's always work to anything that lasts. And so this is, this is God's picture. You can almost see what, what, what relationships looked in the garden. Okay, that, that garden God had for us, that beautiful flowers, colors, rivers, streams, lakes, no sin, no problem. That was God. This is a picture of God's perfect beginning. Okay, all we got to do is cultivate it and grow it and work on it and make it better. But there's an enemy. And there's somebody who does not want this, in, this, this relationship to grow, does not want this relationship to be good. And so he's going to fight it. And he's going he's gonna to use a weapon that I want to talk about this morning called offense. Offense. Now, how many here have ever been offended? I'm waiting. Still see some people with their hands down. Because we're in church and we're being honest. Okay? Nobody has never been offended. Ever. Offense is part of life. It's not something we choose, but it's something that happens. Nobody's like, oh, I, I can't wait to get offensed today. 
I don't even know if that's a word, but I made it up, okay? I can't wait till someone offends me today. I, I hope somebody just, just, just insults me today. No one wakes up that way, but you're going to be insulted sometimes on a daily basis. You're going to have people that offend you. And so offense is an important thing that happens in our lives. Now, how many have ever offended somebody? Might as well put it up. Because you did. You have. Okay. And you might have this morning. You might have offended somebody already. Amen. I mean, we do it all the time. We as human beings are good at it. And the dictionary, let me tell you what the dictionary says about offense. Listen to this. This is going to help us. It says, an annoyance. Right there, that's... An annoyance, right? Somebody who's annoying or resentment brought by a perceived insult. Now, what's interesting, it says annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult. How many know sometimes people insult you on purpose? But sometimes people insult you on accident. And either way, it's an insult, but sometimes it's perceived as an insult, and sometimes it is an insult, but regardless, it's an offense. Okay? And so I kind of want to show you guys this morning how this happens in our lives. Let's just put us all on level playing ground today that we're not, we're not offensive, and we haven't been offended, and we're just all right where we want to be. And, and our, all of our relationships are perfect like this garden and beautiful. The water's flowing. It's green. The lights are, are lights still working. Okay, good. The lights are still working. Everything's beautiful. And it's kind of like this church. It's beautiful till we show up. It's so beautiful when nobody's here. But as soon as we walk in, we kind of mess the garden up, okay? And so that's kind of how life is. As soon as we wake up and get out of bed, life starts. So I'm going to have a couple come up here this morning. I'm going to ask John and Ceci to come up here and help me out this morning. I used a different couple in the first service, and uh, it was really the Holy Spirit, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, I used Nestor and Priscilla, and so, uh, Ceci, you come on this side, because this is the fountain side, so, right? So, John, in, in building your relationship, he gave you a fountain, okay? So, we're going we're gonna to use some examples here. And another thing that's important about um, the, the definition of, of offense is it says the, the action Oh, let me read something else. I didn't read this in the first one. I want to read this. Okay, we're still on the offense and the definition of offense, okay? Perceiving something uh, out of resentment or annoyance, that's an insult. Here's some synonyms. Anger, resentment, irritation, hmm, displeasure, disapproval, dislike. Some people like to dislike their relationships, amen? Like on Facebook, like, dislike. How many wish they had a dislike button on Facebook? Hard, bad, ill feelings, disgruntlement, holding a grudge. Okay? Now, they, they, they haven't, we haven't talked to them. Everything's good. I'm assuming, amen, the marriage is good, relationship's good, everything's good. They're nodding. I don't know if they're telling the truth, but we found out in the first service that there had been a little enchilada problem in the first service. And I didn't even know it, and the Holy Spirit led me to the enchiladas from the tacos, and that's how it works. So in relationships, we offend each other without even knowing it sometimes. So I'm going to give you an example, kind of off of what we did in the first service. That is a fence piece post, piece of wood. Okay? And with a fence piece of wood, you build a fence. So 
we have to make sure we take care of the offenses in our lives. And so I want to show you something, another thing in the word before we get into this. Here's what Proverbs 18, 19 says. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. Okay? So I'm not going to be unfair. I'm going to give her a weapon as well. These are weapons. Okay? So we, in our minds, why are you backing up? Look at John backing up. Wow. Grabs the wood, he backs up. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to fight, I promise. Not physically, okay? So, so these guys have known each other for a long time, since high school. They were high school sweethearts. I do know that about them, okay? And so they're married now for quite a while, and they have kids, and they have a good relationship. They're in church. They're serving God. But even in that sense, in that, in that setting, offenses can come, okay? And a lot of times they're not intentional, although sometimes they are. And so John is over at his mama's house, who comes to our church sometimes, and I know she cooks good, and I know she makes good pupusas, right, right, Oof. and so John goes over there and eats some pupusas, and he eats this delicious, it's kind of like an empanada, it's another way of saying it, and he loves them, and so he comes home, and he says, Ceci, how come you don't ever make pupusas? How come you can't make those things like my mama makes them? And he doesn't do it on purpose because he's bragging on his mom. But he doesn't understand that she's from Mexico and not El Salvador. And they don't make pupusas in Mexico. So they're already on a bad, bad term, right? But, but he's not thinking that the right way. He's not trying to hurt her or insult her, although she's insulted and hurt. And so because he did that and she has that stick... It's, she, she's like, John, I don't like that at all. And so we're going we're gonna to kind of put that down in our garden because you offended me. Okay? And John's like, well, I didn't mean to say it and I didn't mean to do it, but back to the cooking thing. How come you didn't cook last night? You know, I got home from work and she's thinking, I, so you're, 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 you're kind of mad that she didn't have dinner ready when you got home from work, okay? So you grab your stick and you go back at her and you come over here and you say, take that. Huh. So I'm already causing a fight. If the marriage was good coming in, we're going to need some counseling afterwards, okay? And then so maybe Ceci is over here. I'm going to give her some more ammunition. But y'all still love each other, right? Okay. So what happens is in our relationships, friendships, work, coworkers, everything, is we, we interact with each other a lot of times based off of things we're going through in life. And a lot of times we take out on our own family and our own friends and people that we love, we take out on them things that have nothing to do with them. Did you know that when I counsel married couples which is very rare, by the way, because this altar is so awesome, amen. And a lot of times I tell the couples to come down to the altar and pray before they come see me. So I don't have to do it a lot, thank God. But if I do premarital counseling the, 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 or, or some counseling after marriage, the 90% the, the of the time when I'm counseling them, the problems that they're facing don't have anything to do with them. 
There, there, there are problems that have to do with somebody outside or somebody thinking else that happened over there. And so it's something that they, they begin to kind of um, get offended and they start putting up this fence. And they, without realizing it, they, they are starting to backbite each other. And now that he said that I didn't cook as good as mama with the pupusas and he didn't make, make, dinner wasn't ready when I got home, that now they're just adding things on. And you could throw it, you could like fill in the blanks here, right, of things, right? I'm not going to ask you to say anything, but there's something that makes you mad about her and frustrates you about her, and there's something that makes you mad about him and frustrates you him. So I just want you to come up here and put that offense in, in this, this thing. Just come up here. Yeah, just one. Just one, yeah. Oh, just one for now. There you go. Just stay here. We'll keep, we'll keep, we'll keep you up here because you're close to the... John? Did she put that straight? Yes? yes? Oh, good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Still a little bit upset about the other night that there was no dinner when I got home from work. And I'm still a little bit upset over here because I work too. And I have 14 kids to take care of that you wanted me to have. And I didn't ask for them all. And you say you want us to get out of debt. But I didn't want to sell my truck. I did not really. You say it was me because everybody, it sounds good, but I didn't really want to sell it. And now I'm driving a car that I can barely fit half my body in. <laughs> but and you just you feel like you've got to get the last word in all the time, right? So once it starts, unless God intervenes and He comes in and helps us out, it keeps getting worse. Okay? So a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And the contentions are like the bars of a castle. So here's the problem. Now, you, don't really, you can still see each other, right? You still say, hey, right? But something's kind of happening here, and you don't really realize it. The crowd does. They see what's going on. But you guys don't really realize it, that some things are going on here, and, and, and you're getting frustrated. And there was an old country preacher. So when you guys got together and started liking each other, the old saying says, opposites attract. Right? Isn't that a true saying? And so this old country preacher said, yeah, when people get married, before they get married and they're liking each other, opposites attract. He said, but once they get married and tie the knot, opposites attack. <laughs> right? And it's the truth, man. All of a sudden you find yourself saying stuff to the person that you supposedly love. And you're trying to think, man, I can't let her have the last word. I got to get the last word in. So John's like, I don't even know what she said last time, but I don't care because I'm still mad about this other thing that happened. All right? And so you guys keep building these offenses, and you're building a fence. Making a mess. Can you see him through there? So you guys maybe talk tonight and ate dinner together and all that, but it's not the same relationship you had when you got married because, Sessie, 
when you guys first met, he used to open the door for you all the time. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Promise you, I have not talked to this couple. There's nothing planned. We're making this up as we go. I promise. Okay. Man, you, you don't always take care of yourself the way you used to either when we first met. I mean, not just on Sundays, you know what I'm saying? And you've put on a few pounds since we met. <laughs> but, so see what's happening now? All of a sudden, this beautiful garden is blocking your relationship because of offenses. And this can go, again, to friendships. This can go to church people. This can go to coworkers. This can go to family members. We say things that are so hard sometimes, right, and harsh. And how many know we don't really mean them most of the time? But they got the last word in, so I got to make sure I get the last word in. But here's what happens when you keep getting the last word in. You become a prisoner in your own prison. You're not hurting the other person like you think you're hurting them. You're hurting yourself. Because that relationship is from God, and he, he wants it to flourish, and he wants it to be awesome. But you don't realize it because the, the devil, kind of like these plants down here, see how they're nice and pretty? Weeds sometimes look like plants. And sometimes those weeds will start growing up in your relationships and you don't recognize it, that it's a weed, and you don't mess with, you don't kill the weed, and, and then all of a sudden it's killing your plants, and then all of a sudden your garden's dying. And before you know it, you've continued to offend each other so much that now you've built a fence totally between you and the woman that you love that you can kind of see right through there, see? Do you still love her? Look at her waving at you. What a good wife. Sassy, do you see your husband through there? Yep. Don't peek around the corner because this is supposedly it's really long. There you go. Do you still love him? Yes. Okay, even though he doesn't open the door for you anymore? And I don't even know if he does. <laughs> but let's just say he doesn't. He's going to start now. And so is everybody else, hopefully. <laughs> Amen. So, so this is what happens. So here's the picture. Here's the picture. Now, in our relationship, without knowing it, over time, doesn't happen overnight, We've offended each other so much that now there's offense. And, and now when we talk, it's not like we used to talk. And, and sometimes it can get to where in a relationship, whether it's marriage or friendship or whatever, that we start kind of, sort of, putting on a front. Kind of, sort of, putting on a front. That, and, and listen, this is not them. This is not Nestor, Priscilla. This is, just, this is just examples because all of us, say all of us. Offend people, and we're all get offended. We're all guilty. There's not one person in here that's not guilty of this. And, and some of us are like, and here's, here's the worst part about this kind of a message, is that a lot of times when we're listening, we're sitting there listening, a lot of times if our hearts aren't right, we're, we're spiritually elbowing the person next to us. Or we're spiritually thinking of somebody else in the room, and we're not thinking about God talking to us. And we're the ones that need to make a change. Because okay? I can't change the other person in a relationship. 
I can't change my wife. I can't change my friends. I can't change you. You can't change me. We can only change ourselves. Okay? But how many know that as bad as this is, and this would be a picture this morning of a lot of relationships and a lot of marriages, that even though, how many know it still looks pretty though? I mean, it hasn't died yet. It looks good. And that's where we're good at putting on that front. Like, we'll show up to church. We'll show up to work. We'll go everywhere. And we'll, we'll kind of act like we like each other until we get to the car. Or, you know, it's all front. It still looks good. But there's no relationship. And how many know if this is the case in our relationship, in our marriage, or in our friendships, or in our workplace, it's going to be the same with our relationship with God? Amen. How many agree? It's going to be the same. And so thank God for his grace that we have hope. Okay, we have hope this morning. And that hope is Jesus. I, I, want, I want us to look at 1 Peter chapter 2 real quick, if you would, and it's going to be on the screen. You guys okay? All right, you guys missing each other? All right. Because you don't really know what you have until you lose it. Right? And now you've realized, man, I, all of a sudden, my marriage is not what I want it to be. My friendship is not what I want it to be. My relationship at work is not what I want it to be. My relationship with the, with the person at church that I used to uh, go outreach together with and pray together, it's not the same anymore. Something's happened. I, I, I've been offended. And before you know it, there's a fence between you and God, between you and the marriage, between you and the friend, between you and your coworker. Between you and the church member. You used to get along great. But now there's a fence. And you don't even really know who built the fence. But there's a fence. And how many would be honest that most of the time when the fence gets built, it takes two to tango? Rarely, I would think, is the, the fence totally built by one person. The fence is built by both because of what I said earlier, because of human nature. Oh, you said that? Let me get the last word in. Oh, you did that? Let me get the last word in. Oh, you think that? Let me get one last word in because that's human nature. Okay? It's our human nature to, to rebuttal. It's our human nature to hit back. Think about this in church. Okay? Before we read this verse, think about this, this in church. You're in church, and, and, and you've been talking to this person for a long time, and like I said, you've been friends, and, and, and you've prayed together, and you've been at the altar together, and you've gone on outreach together, you've fellowship together, you've even got together as couples, and one day, you you're, you're see that person across the room, across the sanctuary, and they are looking at their child because their child is on the stage, and they give a face like the face that you give to your child, right, that is the face that says you're going to spank their behind real bad once you get to the bathroom or you get home. That face. That face. And you are looking at that person that you went on outreach together and you've prayed together at the altar with and you've been to fellowship together, and you're looking over there and you think they're looking at you and they're looking at the kid and you look back and then six months goes by, and you don't talk to each other because he thinks that she thinks that they looked at each other, that they said something to each other, and they never did. How many times do we get offended by something that didn't even happen? But because we're so easily offended, we won't go to that person and say, hey, John, the other week uh, I was looking at you across, and I was going to wave, and you gave me this ugly, dirty look, and so I gave you an ugly, dirty look back. And then I started thinking, maybe you weren't looking at me because I remember that you have kids, and I've heard that you spank them a lot, and, that, and that's good. But I, did you, were you looking at me? 
They're like, no, I wasn't looking at you. And then it's resolved. But that's not how we do things. We assume. We go back to the offense definition that says annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult. Well, that how many how many have we ever said how how many times have we ever said that's what you meant to say, right? Or that's what you were thinking, right? Don't I mean I just love you know what I just love I'd love to take three or four hours and just have you and have nobody else here and just I mean sorry everybody here but nobody. Um, knowing who's who, and watching the screen and just watching arguments. Wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't it be fun to watch real arguments, like not actors, and just see how ridiculous we look? I didn't want to say that word, how ridiculous we look, right? Because we assume and we're annoyed by this thing that they did, and a lot of times it's not even to us. So the hope is this, 1 Peter chapter 2. For you, to this you were called... Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us as an example that you should follow his steps. Isn't that what we're here for this morning? Is anybody here for any other reason than to follow the steps of Jesus? Because I'm not. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm preaching a message. Because we all need to follow the steps of Jesus. And he says, who committed no sin nor deceit was found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed what is this saying this is saying that jesus has gives us hope because he says even though you don't deserve it sessy even though you don't deserve it john i'm going to take these offenses of yours and i'm going to take them to the cross and i'm going to bear them on me I don't deserve it. I'm God, he says, but I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways because this is why I came. And so these are your offenses and these are my offenses and these are everybody's offenses. And he took them on the cross for us. And he said, I'm not going to threaten back. I'm not going to strike back. I'm not going to say back what what you deserve to hear or what what you deserve to see, I'm gonna I'm gonna be better than that. I'm gonna go to the cross and I'm gonna bear all this on the cross. And by the stripes that I'm gonna shed on this cross, you're gonna be healed. Amen. You're gonna be healed. Come on, church. This is the this is the gospel right here. <clears throat> he takes the fence we built and puts it on his back. And here's what he asks us to do. So he doesn't ever leave us off the, because just like that garden takes work, you can't, you can't look at a, a garden and go, man, that is so beautiful. I wonder how it got like that. You can't look at a, and I'm not talking about a marriage that looks good at church. I'm talking about you can't look at a marriage and, and, and it be successful and say, man, I wonder how it got like that. You can't look at somebody who's fruitful in their life, in their relationships with people and say, man, I wonder how it got like that. Because it takes work. And the work is taking the offenses to the cross. And then here's what Jesus asks us to do. Because he already did everything for us. 
But now he asks us to do something. Ceci, will you come down here? Because I'm tired of seeing you guys divided. I want to see you back together again. Stay right there. Don't get too close. Jesus says, listen, I took this to the cross. This is your offense. And this is your offense. And I want you to let it go. Just drop it. Just drop it. Just let it go. That's what, that's what Jesus asked us to do. He took it. So if he took it on the cross, why would I go pick it back up again? He just says, let it go. Okay? And, and, and then God's going to keep saying, hey, remember that one time that you said that one thing you shouldn't have said? And he's going to reveal it to you because only you know what it is. And he's going to say, John, I took that to the cross. Let it go. Let it go. He's going to come over to Ceci and he's going to remind her of things, not only in, their, in her marriage, but maybe things with their family, maybe things with, with, with old school mates, co-workers, whatever. He's going to say, let that go, Ceci. You've been holding on to it. It's way too long. There's a freedom in letting it go. Because what we want to do is we want to walk around like this. Now, hold that there just like you had hold both hands like that. Because this is what the devil wants. The devil wants us to walk around like that. Holding the offense. He wants us to walk around. Can you worship God like that? Lift your hands and worship God now. That don't look good. Let it go. Just let it go. Because here, here, here's how we let it go. You, you say, I can't do that in my own power. Let's look at Ephesians and close here. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 to 32. Look, look at this with me. It's going to be on the screen. And then make sure you have another one in your hand. Because we're learning here how to let go and drop our offenses. Okay? And they're ours because we put them up. How many of you know we're so good at blaming other people? Ceci, when I said drop it, you had a choice. Okay? Now I'm just going to for fun say it now. Don't do it. God says drop it. Ceci, drop that. And you say, no, this is part of me now. This is part of me. This is who I am. I can't drop that. Because if I drop that, then I'm dropping what that person did to me. Then I'm dropping um, my control over that situation. Right? So, so how many see we have the power to drop it or hold it? But here's what God says in his word. Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak with his neighbor, for we are members of of one another. Be angry, okay? I, I like this part. He says we can get angry because being angry is part of life. There's some things you can get angry at, but he says don't sin. Like when Jesus went through the temple and started t- throwing tur- t- turning tables over and throwing chairs around because they were using his house for, for money instead of for the, king, for the word of God and for prayer. He got mad. He, he didn't sin. But he says, he says be angry but do not sin. And here's the key. Here's the key to marriage and to, f- to relationships at work or friends or church stuff. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Drop it. Don't let, it, don't let the sun go down. Don't go to sleep at night without telling each other you love each other. Don't go to sleep at night without making that situation right. Because you're not hurting the other person. You're hurting yourself. Okay? Then he goes on to say, let's read a little more. 
Let him who stole, oh, sorry, I almost missed, the devil wanted me to miss this part. Nor give place to the devil. Because the Holy Spirit is telling you, Sessie, don't do it. Drop that, and you're saying, no, I want to go put another piece back up in the fence. What do you mean drop it? It says resist the devil. Do not give place to the devil. Drop it. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give who has need. Drop it, John. Let's finish with this. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. How many know sometimes less is more? How many know that a lot of times we need to learn to not say the last word? And you're going to think, well, they said the last word. I cannot let, let it go. Let it go. Let, that you may impart grace to the hearers. If we're, if we're doing what Jesus did, I don't have the time this morning to really go over it this morning, but I think we all understand what Jesus went through. How many times along the way could he have dropped the cross? See, he carried it so we could drop it. Did you hear that? He carried it so we could drop it. So we've got to learn to let things go because Jesus let it go. How can we be so so carnal and so fleshly and so selfish that Jesus went to the cross with everything on his body and he he said as he looked down at those people mocking him and making fun of him, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. How can we not see that and use that as an example and hold offenses in in our lives that are only hurting us when Jesus gave us such an amazing example? Let's look at this next verse. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let, watch this. This is the last one. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind. Drop it. To one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Go ahead and come together. Make your way through all that. Even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, if you look back at your garden, now, look, now you can enjoy your garden and your fountain and your lights. Cabbage-looking thing. Right? Beautiful. This is how we're supposed to be in relationships. Again, marriage, friendship, co-work. God intended us to walk this way. He says, be kind to one another, heart, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you and me. Amen? Praise God. Thank you, guys. You guys can be seated. So last nugget. Last nugget. How many are still here? Last nugget. 
See, they're moving those because they know how important this part of the church is. Because this is where you drop things. This is an important part of the church for us because that's why there's not chairs all the way up here because this is an area where people can come. It doesn't mean you can't do it at your chair, but it's an established place where people can come and drop the offenses and get right with God and take a message and and say, Lord, I'm going to fix this right now. I'm I'm not going to wait till next week or next month. I'm going to fix this right now. Now listen, Proverbs 19.11 it's a powerful verse. I want to leave you with some, with, I want to leave you with a weapon that's not wood. Okay? Saw John and Ceci kind of get their stance and back up a little bit, you know. They're ready to, to battle. They didn't know what they were going to do. But I want to give you some, some firepower. And this is the firepower that's from the gospel and from the Bible that's so different from the world. It's Proverbs 19.11 says, The discretion, or in other words, the wisdom of a man makes him slow to anger. How many truly this morning want to be different than the world? We say it all the time, and I, and I believe we do, but we need to act on it. We cannot act like the world and be like Christ. He says, the discretion or the wisdom of a man makes him slow to anger. And I love this part. Listen, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. How many know it's easier to look at the transgression. It's easy to to look at that big old piece of wood in their hand. It's easy just to stare at it. But God says, overlook that. Look past that. And you know what I'm thinking about right now? I'm thinking about that verse in the Bible that says, don't try to take the little tiny piece of wood out of your brother's eye. When you got a plank in yours. This is a perfect picture of that. Amen? But we need to be able to look past even the biggest offense, even the biggest transgression, because the Bible says it's our glory to overlook it. So that means that I learn as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, that when something bad happens to me, I learn to do this. Let it go. Let it go. Whether they did it on purpose or not, letting it go I'm not trying to hey did you do that on purpose or was it on accident because it doesn't matter it's an, it's an offense either way just let it go because the, the coolest thing you can do for somebody in showing the love of Christ is to have somebody do something to you to offend you and the next time you see them walk up to them shake their hand I'm going to use my left because my right one hurts and just say hey it's so good to see you and be able to see it, and he hasn't offended me, don't worry. And be able to say it, look in someone's eyes, and say it's so good to see you. And mean that. And that person maybe know, man, I, I offended them. Why, does he, is he, why is, he, is he just being hypocritical? Or is he seeing past my offense? That's a power. That's a power you have. When you forgive somebody, you have power over them. Amen. When you let go, you release the power they have on you. And think about this. The key to a healthy, growing relationship is not how quickly you get offended. Because we all get offended easy. And how many know there's some days we get offended easier than other days? 
if we're having a bad day, if we're having a, 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 a bad time, or we're having going through some things, we can get easily offended. But that's not, that's not, there's no power in getting offended. Anybody can get offended. But the key is to a growing, healthy relationship is this. Listen close. If you didn't get anything else out of this message, get this. The key is not how quickly you get offended, but how quickly you forgive and get over it. That's power. How can I do that? Because Jesus did. How can I do that? You don't know what they've done to me. Jesus does. Well, I, I, I got to pick this up. I can't. It's right there in front of me. And, and man, every week, the devil's going to tempt you to pick this thing back up again. Now, we already cleaned up the altar, and it was real pretty, and, or real ugly, and now it's real pretty. But let's just act like they're all there again. The devil's going to tempt you. The devil's going to come over. John, come up here again real quick. The devil's going to come over to you, and you're going to be trying to do things right, and he's going to try to hand it to you again. There you go. Take it. Come on. Come on, man. He's going to try to put it in your hands again. But he doesn't have to take it. That's what the devil does. The devil comes and tempts. And that's why the devil says resist him. And what? He'll flee. Because you know what? If, if we really think about it, if I can't get John, I'll get somebody. If you resist the devil enough, he'll quit messing with you. Because he's like, I, I ain't got time to go get dissed by John. Because John's going to diss me. He's, he, he figured this out. Thank you. So he'll go find somebody else that will gladly take it. He'll go find somebody else that's looking for it. Because there are some people in this world that love misery. There are some people that, that can't, can't live if they're not miserable. But they can be free from that too. But the key is not picking this back up again. And leaving it at the altar. And the reason I say that is you know that in, in Matthew, Jesus said, if you come down to the altar to give a gift and you have something against somebody, I won't even receive it. That's the Bible. That's why we talked about uh, last week and the week before about healing. And um, I honestly forgot what I preached about last Sunday. Um, pray, speaking in tongues, pray, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being full of the Holy Spirit. You can't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit with unforgiveness. You can't get a miracle with unforgiveness. You can't have God flow through your life with unforgiveness. So you have to forgive because Jesus didn't ask us if we wanted to. He said you have to. And here's what you got to do in a relationship, whether it's marriage or friendship or whatever else. you got to be the better person. You, someone's got to say, I'm going to stop this. I'm not going to keep throwing wood on the pile. I'm not going to keep building the fence. I'm going to stop. Maybe, maybe your husband's going to be the better person one time and the next time the wife's going to be the better person or vice versa, or maybe the other person's never going to be the better person, but you just keep being the better person and saying, I choose to live like Christ. And guess what happens if both people in the marriage choose to live like Christ? It'll be a godly marriage. Guess what happens if both friends in a friendship choose to live like Christ? It'll be a godly relationship, a friendship. Guess what happens if in the church we act like we're supposed to act and love like we're supposed to love and, and forgive like we're supposed to forgive? We'll have a church where the presence of the, of the Lord moves and ha has his way in our lives when we let it go. Bow your heads and close your eyes. All over this place, I know the Holy Spirit speaking to some people. I believe the Holy Spirit speaking to all of us. Offense. Offense, offense, offended. 
offenses, insults, aggravation, in, irritation, anger, wrath, frustration, displeasure, resentment, dislike, disgruntlement, hard feelings, holding a grudge. We don't have to learn how to do those things. They come with the package of carnal nature. It's natural. It's natural. What we do have to learn is to love. What we do have to learn is to be patient. What we do have to learn is to be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving. And say, God, this morning, I can't do this on my own power. I had to come to the place in my life where I realized I couldn't do it in my own power. I can't forgive in my own power. I can't love like God wants me to love in my own power. I have to have the help of Jesus. And I need Jesus to remind me that as I've forgiven you, I need you to forgive others. As I was the better person in this relationship, I need you to be the better person. As I went all the way to the cross, I need you to bear your cross. How many in here this morning don't even know Jesus? If you're here this morning and you're listening to this message and, and if you were to die right now at this moment, if you were to breathe your last breath, I just had a friend in Costa Rica, one of my old teammates, this week, he's 43 years old, he had a massive heart attack and a massive stroke at the same time and died instantly. 43 years old, basketball player, instantly, into eternity. I have a lot of years that I haven't seen him, so I don't know if he, if he knew the Lord or not. But instantly, we pass into eternity. How many this morning could say, you know what, if I passed into eternity right now, if my heart stopped breathing, if I breathed my last breath, I don't know where I would go. I'm not sure. You can be today because Jesus went to the cross for you. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And he paid a price on this cross for you. And the Bible says, by his stripes you're healed this morning. How many in this place could say, Pastor, I, I want Jesus to come into my life this morning. I want Jesus to change my life. I want to be born again this morning. Would you just lift your hand and put it up and put it right back down and say, would you pray for me this morning all over this place? I'm not asking you to be a member of the church. I'm asking you to be a member of the kingdom of God. I'm asking you to, to put the fence down. I'm asking you to let some things go and let God be God. I'm going to wait just a few seconds. How many? I don't know. Listen, I'm doing my job. I'm going to walk out of here and say, Lord, I preached what you told me to preach. I said that prayer you wanted me to say. And if someone's in here that doesn't know the Lord and they leave, it's not going to be my fault. And you're going to stand before God one day and he's going to say, you were at that church on that Sunday morning, the 17th of February, and that preacher gave an altar call. And I said, if you want, Je you want Jesus to come into your life, and you, 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 you rejected me right there, and you're not going to have any excuse because I've presented you the gospel this morning. I'm going to ask one more time how many all over this place would say, I need Jesus right now. Just put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I'm not sure. Maybe you're here and at some point in your life you said a prayer. 
You do believe in God. You do believe in Jesus. You believe he's, he's, he's the Savior of the world. You believe all those things, but today your life, your faith, your decisions does not line up with what God's asking you to do. Today you need to come back to the relationship that God has for you. How many could say, that's me, I need to come back to the relationship God wants for me today? Just put your hand up and put it back down. That's me. Amen. God sees your hand. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Amen. I know this is kind of a deep message. I know this is a thinking message. And I hope that, that, and I know, I don't hope, I know we're going to see fruit out of it in all of our relationships. Because nobody, say nobody, nobody has it all together. Nobody. But, But there are some people who have it more together. And the ones who have it more together are the ones who figured out what John did when I tried to give him that piece of wood. Nope. Sometimes it's going to attach to you and you don't know, even know it, but when you, nope. Uh-uh. I'm not touching it. I'm not going there again. And the best thing you can do is leave the garden just like this, attended. That's why we read the Bible every day. That's why we pray every day. That's why we come consistently to church because it's helping us keep our relationships growing the right way because our relationships, every, listen, our relationships horizontally are only as good as our relationship vertically. That's it. My relationship's not good vertical with God. Nothing's going to be good. But if it's right with God, it goes out to the others. And to be right. Amen. We're going to sing a song. We're going to open up the altar. And I want to ask you this morning to make some decisions. I want to ask you to drop some things. Physically, spiritually, mentally, financially, emotionally, drop some things. Holy Spirit's already spoke to some of you some things you need to drop. Some things you've been holding on to. Come and drop them. Amen. If you, as we begin to sing, just, just come and drop them. Leave them at the altar. Come and, and you don't have to say, hey, man, I'll, I'll fix this next week. Or I wish I could fix this. God says, fix it right now. I'll take the fence down now if you just give it to me. Just let me take the fence. He'll take the fence down. And there'll be no separation between you and God. And there'll be no separation between you and your spouse. And there'll be no separation between you and your relationships. As we sing, the altars are open this morning.